Hello and welcome to Data Learners. Welcome to Data Learners, where we learn about data science with a hands-on oh. data science project. <laughs> with the help of your data science mentor, that's me. Her name is Tori. Tori. And this is Sami. So how's your project going? Uh, pretty good. So last week we wanted to get more information from the Census, from the Census Bureau. Um, I had gotten a bunch of values earlier from my 72,000 unique data addresses lines and I got around 60 to 63,000 back and so then I had 10,000 and I was like what do I do with these 10,000 lines because obviously a whole seventh of my data is probably important and could sway what my findings are. So I devised a system to find all the null values, make a CSV file of those null values that was formatted for the Census Bureau, and I sent those back in. Mm -hmm. uh, I got 5,000 values back, basically. Mm -hmm. So now it's a 14th of my data set that I don't have. And I sent it to a different Census Bureau survey, mm -hmm. um, which had information from a different year, um, which allowed me to then pull those values out. And then I was able to take those values I got back from the Census Bureau, combine it with the data set of unique addresses that I had gotten initially, mm -hmm. um, replace all the null values. I used a, a pandas method, as you recommended, called mm. combine underscore first. Mm. Very easy, very simple, one line. Uh, I, I played around with maybe doing a for loop, and I was like, no, don't do for loops. He mm -hmm. said, don't do for loops. I played around with using um, the dot assign pandas method, mm -hmm. which was not the most efficient way to do it, because then I would need a for loop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the combine underscore first method was really cool, because what it does is it matches each um, line in your data frame by index. And if you remember from the previous podcast, I had, uh, when I sent in the data to the Census Bureau, um, maintained those indexes. Mm -hmm. So I was able to use the indexes in the new values I got back um, to update, basically, the old CSV file, the old data frame with the new information without losing any information. Right. So you're just replacing a null value with whatever new information you have if it's returned. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. I did have a couple questions for you that you might be able to answer. Ooh, yeah, hopefully. put you on the spot here. <laughs> what is the difference in pandas between not a number and null? Oh. Mm. Is so, there a difference? Not a number is like the like official mm -hmm. data type for a null value. If okay. it just says null, like that might be a string. Well, because you can use is null, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing? Like, if you get if you have a bunch of nans in there, is that going to be yeah? Set is off null by is null? the same as nan. Okay. Like the language has changed a little bit, so they're trying to standardize it. But gotcha. So yeah. they're they're basically the same. Yeah, synonyms. Don't have to worry about it too mm -hmm. much. It's not going to cause an issue. Mm -mm. As cool. long as they're actually null values and not strings of the word null. Gotcha. You can check your like if you use yeah. <laughs> that method, it would return those, <laughs> true, right? Those or false. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I did, you know, I, like when I talk about it in retrospect, it makes it seem like I easily came up with all these things, but obviously I had a bunch of problems leading into it with like syntax and figuring things out. And I realized that I have to apply the same, when I'm solving a math problem or a physics problem, the same 
problem-solving skills when the numbers aren't working out, which is where do I make mistakes? Yeah. You know, first, you have to look back at the documentation of what you're using, right? Start from the basics, start from the very beginning when you're looking for where did you make a mistake. I, unfortunately, when I was working with Combine first, was pulling from the wrong CSV file, <laughs> uh, which is kind of silly, a little stupid. But, you know, yesterday afternoon, I was like, what is going on? So then I just decided to go back to the beginning and see, like, what's happening and, like, go over my code as opposed to just focusing on the part that I thought was wrong because I wasn't making headway there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was doing it right the entire time. It was just looking back to the, like, the very foundations of what I was working on. Yeah. Yeah. I also noticed in a lot of places in your code, I was kind of peeking over your shoulder there, you're printing like the first few rows of the data frame, which is a really good way to debug Mm -hmm. your code. Like the first thing I do when something's not working out, I'm like, okay, is this the actual data object that I think it is? Kind of what Mm -hmm. you just described, like, is this the CSV that I think it is? Yeah. I mean, part of the issue I was running into is like, I have so many iterations of the same data, just like format it and change how it looks, that it was looking very similar. But I ended up figuring it out by using those print statements, actually. So yeah. I was pretty happy about that. Uh, but yeah, I guess now it's like figuring out what's the next thing to do. Now that I've got, you know, basically only 4,000-ish lines of addresses that I don't have. And like we did a little brainstorm before we started podcasting about mm-hmm. how I could deal with those maybe in the future, mm-hmm. which is like I could use the Google search to like figure out um, which addresses are closer um, to which data since it's tracks and that kind of thing, which I'm glad that I saved the $700 piece of information that I got mm-hmm. from Google. I might end up using that in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in that sense, I, I think that I have enough that I can work on like the next phase of this project, which is actually figuring out how to use this list of addresses and Census Bureau tracks with actual Census Bureau surveys. Yeah. And like getting income information or other socioeconomic kind of factors or whatever it ends up being. Like this is where I can kind of like explore mm-hmm. all of the different factors that might be playing into parking tickets. Yeah. So do, have you looked at, I'm assuming the Census Bureau has some sort of what we would call like a data dictionary, which is like a list of fields available and a definition for them? I think they do. That, I mean, that's the next step is like, figure that out yeah like i said i was spending a lot of time on this combined first i'm also like realizing now that hopefully i can just use the census bureau track and like look up what the information is through an api look up what information like the income of a census bureau track track. like if i could send in like a batch file of census bureau tracks we should just be able to download this like the census the whole information yeah, for like everything. the area. Yeah, and it shouldn't Not be that. Not the whole United States. That'd be a bit much. No. That's I would assume it would be... Maybe maybe I'm wrong. They would have files by geography and you They could, do. Yeah. Yeah, download probably... just for Oakland. The Oakland census or something. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch, a whole bunch of different surveys the census bureau does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to figure out like which surveys I want to look at. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the next step is really exploring like what information the Census Bureau actually has to offer. I, I think I've done a couple of like little things like where I've like looked up like an address and like what is the income and the Census Bureau tract of that address. And I, I can do that. Now it's just a matter of like figuring out how do I do that with 72,000 addresses. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting because going into this, you have a hypothesis that you want to work out, which is just mm-hmm. does the demographic data in any way correlate with the parking ticket data? 
it sounds like there's tons of data you might be able to get from this census, not yeah. just like strictly what we would think of as the traditional demographic information. Yeah, um, I can look at values of houses. I yeah. can look at, you know, if it's single family houses, if it's apartment buildings, because obviously that would increase the population density of an area totally. and cause more parking tickets to happen. Yeah, so I would encourage you to, if it's the same amount of effort, just take all the data that they have and mm-hmm. that's start modeling with all of it like don't throw out data to begin with we'll throw out data after the model determines that it's not useful should i do like just to start off with like some sort of like just correlation um so if you wanted to do correlation you would be doing against like two variables right you do parking tickets versus Mm-hmm. Number of parking tickets. Number of parking tickets versus income, I think was your like original thing. Or number of parking tickets versus like residential or um, single family home versus like different types of yeah right condos or apartment complexes or whatever ends up being. Yeah, I mean you could definitely do that analysis pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is how these different factors might interact with each other. Yeah. In a way that is not necessarily additive but maybe oh like in combination so like if let's say the income is high um, but they're in apartment buildings you still might not get a lot of parking tickets you might get parking tickets you know imagine Mm -hmm. you know you have two variables like one is income and one is gender and you find that like women are more likely to get tickets and also like lower income people are more likely to get tickets but then conversely you find out that like higher income women are most likely to get tickets so that's like an interaction effect that you wouldn't be able to uncover with just straight correlations Mm. because you'd only be looking at one factor at a time gotcha that's where modeling comes into okay so that seems like a really complex thing to engineer just to look at Mm. i'm sure that there are some is the word algorithms Mm -hmm. that I can say like these are all my inputs mm-hmm. and this is what I want to test it about with parking tickets the number of parking tickets at certain sense of your tracks mm-hmm. and that there might be some like pre-made ready-made modeling mm-hmm. that finds those different kind of interactions yeah okay so there is it's not like I have to like learn the entirety of statistics <laughs> and figure out all the combinations of the hundreds of difference that's actually a, like a good question for someone learning data science. Like, do I have to learn the entirety of statistics before I can just <laughs> apply this model that seems to be ready-made to do what I want to do? Yeah. Like, what do you think? Well, I, I figure it's like the program I've been doing so far is like, just learn the things you know as you're going along. Yeah. Um, like Pandas is a ready-made Python library. I don't have to understand the entirety of Python to use Pandas. Yeah, that's true. So like with this model, like I can say like, let me learn the basics of what I'm plugging in versus what uh, what are the things that I'm comparing it to and like like just have a bunch of inputs mm-hmm. and then kind of deal with it as things come up. Mm-hmm. That might be a good way to learn. Yeah, I think so. I think you just have to, when, you're, when you get to this point, and it sounds like you're about at this point, mm-hmm. I think you do have to know a little bit of the math behind the model. Yeah. Um, like, for, for example, some models will automatically encode those interaction effects, which is kind of what we're talking about. Like, gender times income is an interaction effect where mm-hmm. the result is different than each of those two factors alone. Like, gotcha. some models kind of autom- automatically out of the box do that for you. Mm-hmm. And then for other ones, like you as a data scientist, go through this process called feature engineering, which is like, 
-hmm. you would create something to that effect within your data by doing calculations before you feed it to your model. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think you do shop so around a little both, bit yeah. and learn so a little about, about where them. where do I find these models? Where do I find these models? Love that question. That's perfect. So you've learned about pandas a lot. Mm -hmm. There is a pandas equivalent for like machine learning. So you like pandas is data analysis, right? Like the bread and butter of data. Well, I haven't analysis. even done data analysis at this point. Man, that's Should true. Do you, data analysis on this first? Yes, you do have to do data analysis on this first because you are going to want to, depending on the model that you choose, mm -hmm. look at to s your data to see if it um, meets some of the requirements for the model, let's say. Gotcha. So kind of just what we were talking about, each model has a set of assumptions, which are like, for example, statistical properties of the data set that mm -hmm. must be in place in order for this model to be a valid representation gotcha. of the data. So like, what kinds of relationships do you have? Is it logarithm? Is it, is it exponential? Is it sure. linear? That kind of thing? Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, or like how clear is the relationship, right? Does it fall within like a certain bounds of error? If you have like a best fit line or something like that. Okay, yeah. Is it that what like, you're kind of talking about? Yeah, okay. I think you are on the right track there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the same things basically. Cool. So I have to do that first. Yeah, you can use pandas to do that sort of exploration, but first you want to hop over to Scikit-Learn and Scikit-Learn. Scikit-Learn. How do you spell that? S C I K I T <laughs> Learn, just like data learners. Okay. S C I K I T. Okay. Scikit-Learn. Yeah. yeah, and it's the package is abbreviated SKLearn, so sometimes people just call it SKLearn also. Okay. I guess that's a little easier. Science Kit. Yeah, probably. Okay. It's basically a you know, scientific computing language mm -hmm. in Python that allows you to run these models. Cool. They actually are a great resource because not only do they have a lot of these algorithms implemented in Python already, mm -hmm. but they also have a user guide that gives uh, some explanation. And then they are also kind of like the default choice for modeling in some respects. So if you find an algorithm and it's already implemented in SKLearn, you kind of can assume it's pretty well vetted. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think the nice thing that I've kind of learned about pandas mm -hmm. is that if you read the documentation and you understand what it does and you like have a basic understanding of what data frames are, like you can trust that what you're going to do is going to work. Yeah. As long as you don't like make little mistakes, um, like with syntax. Yeah. Um, so as long as it's the same way for Scikit-Learn, like, and I can like trust what I'm using, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have similar kind of resources there, and there's even a great. Kind of diagram that I think it's from them. Uh, it's like a machine learning cheat sheet and it kind of says what are all the different families of models. So you can kind of picture it like, what do you call those? Amoebas? <laughs> An amoeba, yeah I guess it does kind of look like amoeba. Uh, mind map. Have you ever built a mind map or done a brainstorm with someone where you like write down a concept and draw and put it in a circle and then you draw a line to like a related concept or a child concept? I've never done that. Okay, I think a good starting point <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, it would be to think of the tree that we worked through in the last episode, uh, okay, so like where a... it was like a decision tree, like yes, no, yes, and no. I see what you have. This is a decision it, yeah. tree, but it's a little bit more laid out like a brainstorm. Gotcha. But it's kind of the same thing, where it's split up um, different types of machine learning models into like uh -huh. families. And this is not a hard and fast rule, but this is pretty useful. Mm -hmm. So there are like classification types of problems, which we've talked about before, right? Mm -hmm. Is this model trying to determine if something is a cat versus a dog? Those yeah. are categories, so that's a classification type okay. problem. 
these are all the things that are classification type. Mm -hmm. um, the other major family might be a regression type, which would be how many parking tickets would this so looking for like again. linear relationships. Looking for, I, call, I called it, I think I called it a continuous numerical variable and you said a number. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, yes, a number, <laughs> right? Um, this is dimensionality reduction, which we're not going to get into today. Uh -huh. um, and this is clustering, which I think is pretty intuitive. Um, a cluster means grouping things mm -hmm. by most similar neighbors, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's like what we were talking about with um, before when I was trying to use Google Places doing like similar neighborhoods. Like, mm -hmm. is the adjacent neighborhood as similar mm -hmm. versus, like, farther neighborhoods? Like, you're able to cluster neighborhoods based on their geography? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. So, you're mm -hmm. clustering based on one thing. Um, but these are machine learning algorithms yeah. that would be able to cluster around a lot of things. Oh, uh, so these are actual algorithms. Yeah. So, when you get down to the oh. smaller We'll post boxes, this along with the episode then. Yeah. I can post a like link. This. I can tweet out a link to this. Yeah. So, for example... <laughs> When you start, the first question is, you are here. do you have more than 50 samples? Which samples would be rows in your data? So um, I have 252,000 rows. I think for, uh, I, uh, I lied. So it's not rows in your initial data set. It's rows in the final data set that goes into your model. So this would be the entity on which you're predicting. So if it's a, if you're trying to predict at the census tract level, then it's census tract. Okay. If you're trying yeah. to predict it. And that's still going to be in the thousands though. Okay, cool. Um, and if the answer is no, it's like get more data, like you can't even do machine learning, gotcha. right? Like that's the end of this decision yeah, I'm tree. Definitely above fifty. Yeah. And then the next kind of <laughs> get more data. Yeah, I love that. Start again. <laughs> the next kind of decision point in uh -huh. the road that you're gonna reach is um, like are you predicting a category or a quantity, which we discussed as already the classification so versus the regression. Yeah. 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 So for you Well, maybe I'm predicting a quantity so that later on I can predict a category. Tell me more about what your like categorical if based on these factors. Can you are you more likely to get a ticket? Or if you've gotten a ticket, what category do you fall into properly? Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting twist on it. They feel like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, um, there's that, and then I think the kind of more interesting question is like, how do you frame up your question? Like, what is more appropriate? Is it um, census tracts and number of tickets, or is it an individual's characteristics and a binary decision about whether or not that person is likely to get a ticket? You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is where <laughs> this is where data science becomes like art. Philosophical. Um, so I'll check outside. Yeah. Time. Try to focus on the the top line headers because this is way too much to learn as a beginner to dive into every. Top line header, so just yeah. linear model. Yeah, linear models is like a family that includes all lasso, elastic gotcha. net. Don't read about a lasso and elastic net. You're gonna go crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And maybe this, maybe this is a good organizational principle to go off of, but mm -hmm. um, maybe there are better resources if you honestly just did a search for like, what's a linear model, and then found like a blog post. Mm -hmm. that was and these are probably good things yeah. to learn for if I start applying for data analyst jobs. Um, totally. Knowing these different models, these different line of best fit. Lines of best fit. All right, fit, sorry, I'm getting distracted over here. Sami, yeah, if you are, a, well, I think it's good for a data scientist job. I don't know if an analyst would be expected to know all of this stuff. I mean, one day, you never know. Yeah. What if I already know it? And they're like, no experience as a data analyst, but you know all the stuff. So, data scientist, let's go. That would be <laughs> super funny. <laughs> So yeah, do we have anything else we want to talk about today? Uh, I think that was a good 
I think that was a good run. Mm-hmm. We covered your latest escapades, <laughs> your latest adventures in data yeah. science, and you know where to go next with exploring the census data. And I feel like we kind of broaden the scope there a little bit with me just throwing yeah. at you, hey, why don't you just get all the data and then do all the exploratory <laughs> data analysis on it. And oh, by the way, the type of exploratory data analysis you need to do depends on the model. And here's yeah. like a thousand pages of documentation on the model. So, so the lesson <laughs> from this episode is there is a lot of data science yeah. to learn and it takes time. It takes effort. What we want to look for is like bite-sized chunks for learners like me to like do one thing at a time and like look for how do you move forward because i think that one of the first things we talked about with learning data science is it can be overwhelming mm-hmm. the first question is like where do i start and part of the tough question to answer there is that like you can start in a lot of different places yeah um so starting with a project is nice because it gives you a little bit of like what do i need mm-hmm. to do what i'm doing and there's a lot of resources online to figure that out um, you can google search this stuff i'm sure that kaggle has a lot of great forums too where you can say, I'm doing this project, any recommendations? And I'm sure people would be happy to help. Luckily, I have Tori, so I can be lazy about it. <laughs> um, so what I'll work on is exploring Census Bureau stuff, seeing how to use their API to actually do that correlation, or maybe download the data like you were saying, and start thinking a little more and researching a bit more of these like different, figuring out what models to use. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. plenty. I would say... Get the data, join it to your parking ticket data. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself might take you a little while. And then just get the basic description of the data that you have, like how many features are there. Okay. Um, and then we'll come back and, and if you have time, yeah, start to dig into the models a little cool. bit. And that can be what we do a lot of next week. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. And follow us on Twitter at data learners or shoot us an email at datalearnerspod at gmail.com and we'll catch you later. See ya. Bye. These are like the main things. Airplane, so I can noise reduce. I don't want you guys in it. I need this airplane by itself. Airplane. Oh, he wants just the airplane. You guys ruined it. We ruined it. He can't take it. I thought you were just gonna cut the. No, I just I I need the sound of the airplane to. Oh, to denoise other parts of the comment. Yeah. I just got that. I thought we were just having like a little party. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut that out because then we were just like. Well, thanks. <laughs> okay, on that note, <laughs> we ruined the podcast. Yeah. <laughs>